0: On episode 3, we talk about is a customer really always right? And Eric Seach tells us why he does not regret his nine to fives he left behind. Don't worry, you can thank thank me later. Welcome to episode 3 of the Balance Room Podcast. I am your host, Ingrid Wood. Uh, It's Christmas time, so as for most of you also, my days have been fairly busy. So the only time I had available to record the podcast was in the wee hours of the morning, like 3 or 4 a.m. So my voice through most of the podcast sounds like I was recording it at 3 or 4 a.m., uh, relaxed. But it's a nice antithesis to the hustle and bustle of the holidays. I suggest maybe get drinking some eggnog or um even that uh That holiday, the Cranberry Canada Dry, they only sell around this time. And sip on it while you're listening to the podcast. I do want to say very quickly, this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, If you like it, subscribe, review. It does bring awareness to the podcast. But let's go ahead and get into episode three. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, um, Happy New Year, Jingle Bells. And let's step into the balance room. So this Seven Up story is fairly recent, from um, summer 2015. Me and the Wood Tribe Orchestra, we had a show in Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, to be exact, home of the one and only <laughs> James Brown. Hey! You got, you got the payback. <laughs> Fun fact. So, the vocalists that you hear in that song, background vocalists, uh, are my mom, her younger sister, and their cousin. They were teenagers in that song. They were background vocalists for James Brown on a lot of his most popular recordings. He found them singing at their uncle's church, El Bethel Baptist, in Cincinnati. Anyways, back to the lecture at hand. So, me and the workshop Orchestra at this show in Augusta, and this was the end of July. So fast forward a month later, it's the end of August. I get an email from someone who was at the show, said they enjoyed the show and they bought two CDs, two different projects after the show, but they were both broken. And she had the receipt and wanted to know, could I mail her two replacement CDs for the ones that... That were broken so I was like of course I'll ship those to you and better yet while you're waiting for those to get to you I'm gonna email you a download code so that you can uh, download the digital versions of the music for free while you're waiting and um, this story it, it reminded me of the of, of the question is the customer Always right.
1: You're gonna learn today.
0: What I'm finding as of late, um, because I don't have the luxury to just be artist and or just be musician, I have to wear a lot of different hats and be a a lot of different things for a lot of people for this to run fairly smoothly. Um, But customer customer service is one of those hats that I have to wear, and I'm I'm realizing for me, it's really not about. Is the customer right or wrong? It's really about the fact that they matter.
1: All right, all right, all right.
0: You know, especially within the industry of music because, and it's not everybody, but there's a lot of people, music is very disposable. They listen to something and then they're like, okay, what's next? And a lot of times they listen to it for free. And we spend, as musicians, the business part of it, we spend a lot of money making sure that sonically it sounds great. Uh, aesthetically it's pleasing that that the packaging is good and people just are like okay cool what's next you're
1: gonna learn today
0: (laughs) and even if it was just strictly digital there's still you know a lot of money and time that goes into it for something that seems so disposable for a lot of people so for me I do not take for granted the fact when people come to shows and people pay tickets or they, they buy uh, projects and, or buy merch, that means a lot. You know, they're taking care of me. So I got to make sure that I take care of them as best as I'm able to. Another situation that kind of ties in with this theme. I had a release show October of 2014 and I ended up, I decided to give everybody who came to that show a free copy of the project that I was releasing. And to my surprise, I shouldn't be surprised, but to my surprise, a lot of them were like, I want to pay for my city. I don't want it to just be free. But what happened was there were a, a few people who weren't able to make the show. And I didn't know them personally, but they reached out to me via email and they said, hey, you know, I bought my tickets ahead of time, was not able to make it to the show. Is it possible for you to mail me that copy of of the city? And so what I did in that situation, I was like, you know, hey, you know, I hate that you weren't able to come, but if you're able to email me a picture of your ticket or or your receipt, and send me your mailing address, I will gladly send you a copy. And that's what I did. I've been on the receiving end of, of something that hasn't gone according to plan. Even as, as of recently, I bought a shirt from um, a clothing line in, in Ohio. It's called clothohio.com and bought a shirt from them, and several days passed, and I was like, well, where's my shirt? And I I checked on the tracking number, and it was somewhere lost in Columbus, still several days later, and it usually only takes a day for something to be mailed between Columbus and Cincinnati, so I sent an email, said, hey, I ordered this shirt, here's my tracking number, Um, you know, should I cancel the order, should I reorder, what should I do? And they sent me an email, apologized, said, it looks like it's lost, but don't worry, we're going to send you one out immediately today. You should get it tomorrow or the next day. And um, that's exactly what happened. And the and the cool thing was I didn't just get the shirt. Somebody actually put a handwritten letter in the packaging and apologized for really something that wasn't even their fault. But they apologized and they gave me coupons and stickers. And, you know, that's just another way of showing that they care about the customer. So is the customer always Right. Or, you know, or sometimes are they wrong? Eh, You know, but fact of the matter is they matter. So my seven is up. All right. For this episode, Songology, I want to bring light to one of my songs called Brighter Days. It's from my 2011 project called Two Weeks Notice. And I want to talk about Brighter Days because in this song, I really I kind of discreetly show you rather than tell you what my. Creative process is for making music. A lot of times, I will, um, if an idea comes or a melody or a lyric, I'll just record it on my phone and then eventually come back to it later and it may morph into a full song. Um, Even with lyrics, I'm not a, a pen to pad writer, I don't write lyrics down, I'll just hit record. And keep recording until eventually the ideas turn into a full song. But at the beginning of, of the of the song, Brighter Days, what you hear, what sounds like a, a distorted version of the song. It is a distorted version of the song. It's the original recording from my BlackBerry phone. When I sat down at the piano and was just fumbling around with this idea, pulled my BlackBerry out, and recorded it, and then came back to it later and eventually finished the song. And so when I finished it, I was like, let me see. If I can take my original recording from my BlackBerry and just sync it up with the actual song, so that's what I did. I got a lot of songs on that on that BlackBerry. Songs I, I haven't finished yet. give you a little frame of reference to kind of how the the subject or the the initial subject subject of the song came about I was around this the time that I was creating the song my two of my best friends are getting married I was going to be a maid of honor in one wedding and then a bridesmaid in the other and <laughs> one of my mom's friends I overheard her asking my mom again around the same time like when is it going to get married and and it just made me kind of stop for a second and look up and say, like, Dad, you know, my friends are about to start these lives and share their lives with these other people and I realized that a lot of my friendships and relationships had suffered because I was so tunnel visioned and doing music and I'm like man you know so anyway so the the (laughs) the beginning lyrics that you hear where I say I'm watching wedding bells for everyone else but me sounds extra emo but that's kind of where my head was at at that moment um another cool thing about the song my sister Lauren played trumpet and my uncle Chris played the saxophone On the song, I'm watching wedding bed for everybody else, but me. Will I do? This episode's Go-To Gadget is brought to you by Chicago-born producer and lyricist CJ The Cynic. We worked on a song a few years ago where I sent him some vocals from one of my songs and he made a completely different song out of it. So I'll probably bug him for a songology in the future. But for right now, here's his Go-To Gadget.
1: Peace, Engie. Peace, balance Room. Like she said prior, my name's CJ The Cynic and... uh my go to gadget is um, my Kai NPC. I should say that in plural because I have several. <laughs> if anybody watched the beginning of Empire and they wondered that what that black machine was with the little pads on it that they were messing with aside the piano on the very first episode, that's what an NPC is. Um, there are different models. I have a 2000 XL, a 2000 Classic, a 4000 and an MPC-60 Mark II, which I hear is Babyface's favorite machine. The way I use it being a sampler and a sequencer, which means that, you know what I'm saying, I can take a record and take a particular part or several parts and sample them into the machine, chop them up, reconstruct them to where I see them fit, add drums to them. I can sequence, which means that I could take like a out, outboard external piece of gear like a keyboard, Um, Anything that has uh, a MIDI connection And pretty much compose And once you do that, then you can save it And pretty much have everything that you put into the machine Firing out of the machine And the machine will remember every step that you took Um, Basically being a brain Telling all of the external keyboards And any other crazy information As long as it's MIDI, what to do The saving for some people was a pain in the butt, especially if you have like an older machine. But to me, the sequences are so gold. And that's the reason I'm into them so much. I'm on a mission to try to collect them all from the 60 all the way to when they stopped doing hardware models. I really don't care for the Renaissance. They can keep those. The touch, eh, looks cool, but there's a certain color that the hardware has that I absolutely love. And anybody that's heard my work, like I said, with the exception of maybe two songs, I've done everything to some capacity on the NPC. But yeah, that's my go to gadget. This is CJ the Cynic signing off. Peace, love, and light. <laughs> Back to you, Ingi.
0: If you're wondering who in the heck is Ingi, that's me. Uh, that's actually been my nickname since birth. Most people who know me, that's what they call me. So, since you're sitting here listening to me talk, if you see me in the streets, you are more than welcome to call me Ingi. This episode's ask EC's question is for me. I uh, I remember when when I was working my 9 to 5 as a chemist, which really wasn't that long ago and I got super frustrated at work and I text Eric in the middle of the day like, Has he has he always been able to make a living as a musician or has he ever had to work any non-musician jobs to make ends meet? And his response was, oh, I've worked plenty of non-musician jobs and but that. But he didn't regret any of them because he learned a lot and we never really went any more in depth than that. So I wanted to take this opportunity to bring that question back up. And I asked him, you know, what were those jobs and what things did he learn that he still uses to this day.
2: Okay. I love that one. Uh, I, I, I wore. I, I've done a lot of jobs. It's been from landscaping to um, the Honda dealer to uh, the last job that I had was uh, uh, the insurance company called Dodge Warren and Peters. Um, I remember being a mail clerk. and I, was, I had to be very, very organized because they sent a lot of insurance policies to a lot of you know, companies across the country. So, um, being efficient in that way and being organized, that's helped me. I've been able to apply that to my musicianship. You know, as far as scheduling things, um, especially if you're on a a couple of different tours at once, and you know, just uh, coordinating those dates and these flights and different things of that nature. So, yeah, it it's, it's helpful, and especially if you you know. I've had to be the one that you a band leader to organize a whole band or group leaving to from one state to another and provide making sure, you know, we had somewhere to stay and, and things of that nature. So, yes, yeah, definitely help those nine to five jobs and just being a people person. Those things I had to work with a lot of different people all the time. And that's important to in music In music. You're going to need to be a, a people person. You know, you need somebody there uh to support you so yeah those those things i hope that answers your question um if not let me know and i'll try to get more in detail but yeah shout out to my little sister ingrid wood um in the balance room i love being a guest on the balance room and follow me um i'm uh on social media it's just eric seats s-e-a-t-s every seats everything so much love peace I'm i'm out
0: thanks eric um, I want you guys to send your questions in, too, for Eric to answer. He has a lot of experience. Uh, so if you have business questions or music questions, feel free to send them to the email, the balance room at Gmail or on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the balance room. And if you do use social media to ask your question, use the hashtag E e-a-t-s in your question and i want to thank melanie aka at math preacher i want to thank you again for your question that eric answered back in episode two all right so my tear of the week it's a live music venue in cincinnati ohio it's called the greenwich g-r-e-e-n-w-i-c-h shout out to mark yates the manager there and kenny Who's behind the bar? He always keeps my um, my club soda's coming <laughs> when I'm there. I was there this past Friday to watch and support the William Minifield Trio, and that's actually who you're, you're hearing in the background. I uh, I took my go-to gadget from episode one and used it to uh, to record part of their set this past Friday. It's William Minifield on piano, Brandon Meeks on upright bass, and on drums you have Anthony Lee. We're about to get out of here, but before we do, I want to let you know this is the last podcast for 2015, but I will be with you again in January of 2016. I want to try to do this podcast twice a month eventually once a week. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, The Balance Room, and you can always email me at thebalanceroom at gmail.com. This podcast, again, it is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. If you like it, if you love it, please tell people that you know about it. Share it. Otherwise, I'll just be talking to my damn So until next time, I'm your host, Ingrid Wood. God bless. Happy holidays and stay balanced.